Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We will fall to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Hello, my friend. Well, I am um, just stepping off a plane from beautiful Southern California. And uh, boy, it was... A little shocking to get in my car and see my thermometer say 101 degrees, Jeff. It was a lovely 72 out there in Southern Cal yesterday. So uh, I I about melted when I hit the (laughs) parking lot. Well, being that I'm a Phoenix native, seeing 101 in the thermometer in May isn't all that uh, shocking, but... uh, if you're coming from if you're coming from Carlsbad as you were, yeah, that that is a little bit of a shock, and you probably were sitting on a cold plane in the process too. And you know, it's just this time of year. Well, you know, any time of year, Carlsbad is just about forty minutes north of San Diego. It's where all the golf manufacturers are located, from Titleist to TaylorMade to Callaway, you name it, they're there. And uh, you know, it's just. It's California, you know, I mean, everybody's sitting outside and, you know, having their cappuccinos and it's just so beautiful. But also, always get to test out some really good new restaurants when you head out to California. (laughs) There was a place we ate with some tailor-made folks yesterday called Pieology. This is like your gourmet personalized pizza. I mean, oh, wow. Absolutely delicious from... The different sauces you want to put on it, the different cheeses, the different veggies, and each one is then, you know, coal, whatever they call that, coal, coal fired, fired. <laughs> and man, it's like the tastiest pizza ever, but you know, only out there in Cali do they have uh, so many great things going on. But hey, big things going on for Rory McIlroy. I did catch the tournament while I was gone and uh, what a, what a round on Sunday. Well, and an even better round on Saturday. Yes, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Saturday, <laughs> little jet lag, but yes, the amazing ten under, and then you know following it up on Sunday. And although he got a little heat from um, Patrick Rogers towards the end, yeah, but he never that that lead was never any closer than three shots. And the thing about Saturday's round, because uh, I I had that on the whole time while I was puttering around the house, and. It was just so efficient. There were no 40-foot putts that happened to find their way into the hole. No chip-ins. Everything was long, accurate drive. At worst, you know, on in the first cut of rough. 
iron to 15 feet, 12 feet, 8 feet, 5 feet, and sink the putt and make 11 birdies and go answer questions about how great around it was. And then he followed it up with, it's hard, you, can't, it's hard, you can't do 61-61, but he followed up with a solid enough round that he kept everybody at bay. Webb Simpson started the day four shots out, and he had a bogey-bogey uh, sequence early in his round to take him out and uh, wound up tying for second. But uh, just a very strong week by Rory. And what I find interesting is now everybody's saying, hey, remember Rory? He's really the world number one. You know, that, that kid Spieth, you know, we can push him off to the side and the kid Fountain. Can't we be talking about these guys as a group? I mean. We're so fickle. <laughs> we media people. Yes, we just want to put them up on that pedestal, even if it's just for 24 hours. Yeah, because it wasn't it just five weeks ago that we were using the same adjectives to talk about how Jordan Spieth was destroying records at Augusta National. And, and what we have, I think, is just a really great group of young golfers that have really started to make this tour their own. And somebody asked me earlier today, did during that whole week of Wells Fargo, did you think about Phil? Did you think about Tiger Woods? No. I mean, I, I thought about Phil because he was actually in the mix a little bit on Saturday and early on Sunday, but these young guys are perfectly captivating to my attention. And you look at, the four big events that we've had so far this year, three World Golf Championships and a major, they have been won by, well, Dustin Johnson, who's in his 30s, so, uh, but still young enough to be relevant, especially if his life is back together, uh, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, and the most important one was won by Jordan Spieth. That's a great group of four golfers that we've seen thus far, and the U.S. Open is four weeks away, and... Uh, lot to look forward to in this summer. And we're seeing some of these other young guns. You and I were talking before we came on the air. You know, Patrick Rogers, a two-time All-American from Stanford. Uh, Justin Thomas, who we've seen some very exciting stuff from. Uh, You know, and as you were mentioning, they're part of this group that, not that you, you know, probably want to promote leaving college too soon, (laughs) but it certainly has worked out for these guys and they're, you know, all in that that uh, class around Jordan Speed. Yeah, this is the not graduating class of 2015 because Jordan Speed should have been graduating from University of Texas this month. Justin Thomas should have been graduating from the University of Alabama this month. Uh, Patrick Rogers should have been graduating from Stanford this month. You can throw Daniel Berger and Florida State into that group, and th- these are all 20, 21, 22 year olds that have a lot of game. Jordan Spieth has already kind of taken it to the next level. We're seeing a little bit from Berger. We're seeing a little bit from uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, Patrick Rogers stayed an extra year at Stanford. He's a web.com guy who has already won on the web.com. So we know pretty much that he's going to be coming up to the big tour next year, but he's now close enough uh, to getting special temporary membership that if he plays well any of these next three weeks, He's going to cross that threshold, and and this is a great group of young kids, and you know, and and they push each other. We've talked before about how Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth sometimes room together on the road, and and they needle each other through uh, text messages and Twitter. And uh, we just found out this week that Justin Thomas also is roommates with Patrick Rogers in South Florida. They share a flat, so imagine those conversations that are going on. 
You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Uh, yeah, interestingly, there was some, uh, you know, there was another prize that Patrick Rogers was, you know, hoping for towards uh, the, the finish there. If he had finished second alone, mm-hmm. he would have received his exempt status. And it was unfortunate to see him double the par three, you know, hitting it a little long, probably, you know, juiced up a little bit adrenaline-wise, and then bogeying 18. So uh, unfortunate finish, but... You can bet he's probably going to learn a whole heck of a lot from that. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, he's actually in the field this week at Colonial and next week at Byron Nelson. And uh, and uh, I think he's in the Memorial as well. So he really, he's using up his exemptions here in the spring. And, and like I say, all he needs is one more good performance to push his earnings past that threshold to get temporary status. I, I won't say it's a fait accompli. But he's got a really good chance. Well, we've got a lot of golf to talk about as the tour goes back to Texas. And we're going to be hearing from Jeff Babineau at Golf Week live from the Media Center. Stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, The Game. We'll be right back with more golf talk. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Can you home that there was a by four in the house, Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. So Rory got a little bit of a putting tip. I was reading on PGATour.com, Jeff, that, um, you know, from his putting coach, Dave Stockton, of course, one of the best in the business. And David noticed... As I think they mentioned um, a little bit on the final round on Sunday, that Rory was kind of lifting up the putter a little bit as he was coming through. So apparently Wednesday of the tournament, he had him doing a little drill with his left hand, just, you know, striking through to have that hand leading through. And he said he was draining him one-handed from like 15, 18 feet. You and, do that all the time, right? Yeah, all the time. And um, so he, you know, so he felt that, that, you know, Rory, you know, was was in a in a good place, but then that it had kind of locked in with his putting. But the other thing I was really interesting. It's a great article if you get a chance to go read it. But at the end of it, he said the other thing. Uh, he said everybody talks about Rory's swing and his distance, but the really great ones have the mind. He says in that respect, I put him right up there with Jack and Tiger. They don't win by luck; they outthink everybody. That's where Rory has got the big picture figured out. Well, and if he's got the big picture figured out, then uh, there's going to be a lot of chasing of Roy McIlroy. And, of course, you know everybody's going to have flat spots where everything's not hitting quite on all cylinders. But uh, if you've, I think if you've got the ability to think the game through, you can turn a lot of 70s into 68s. And that sometimes that's all you need to, to put yourself over the top. So um, the the strategists in the game and and you'll see a lot of it this week at colonial uh the strategists in the game always seem to have that little bit extra on a bad day dave stockton also said the first time that he met roy was at quail hollow in 2011 and uh he said roy's opening question to me was did you see the masters when i blew it i told him that i had and he asked me what i thought it was more of a mental conversation at first 
And he, he said, you know, I think a similar thing that they've described about Jordan Spieth, how these guys have really, you know, they wanted, they really want to know. They want to learn from these experiences. I think a lot of people thought, oh, gosh, this could crash Rory's career when he, you know, had the calamity on 10, you know, at Augusta. But, you know, he was able to just, you know, take it, learn from it, as did Jordan Spieth. And uh, I think, you know, that's really is key to a, to a longtime champion. Yeah, I, I think that um, we've discovered that the sooner you can talk about your bad experiences and and start to dissect them and what went wrong, the better off you are. When you ignore them and you don't learn from them is when you're destined to repeat them again. And we had seen you know, a number of players, particularly those that, that would challenge Tiger Woods on a Sunday, really struggle, uh, especially against Tiger at the height of his powers. And a lot of times they would continue to struggle in, in the weeks following because they didn't approach it right for whatever reason. Um, we don't see that with Rory. We don't see it with Spieth. I don't think we see that with Fowler necessarily either. Um, he's very good at, at being upfront and open, and I think that does help in the long run. Well, let's go straight to the press center at the Colonial, and we'll check in with Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Holly G and Jeff. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, how's the weather out there? Well, the weather is rainy because I'm on the tight fairways of I-4 and uh, oh! right now. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. I am not at Colonial. I've been on the road for about a month, so I'm home this week. And, uh, well, good for I'll you. I'm on Colonial, yeah, but I'm happy to be home. Well, you know, what's interesting is a lot of, a lot of Texans that are uh, on our radar now between Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, um, Jimmy Walker. And so, you know, this is going to be an interesting couple of weeks as these guys go uh, home to their to their hometown turf. Yeah, it is. And it's great that Jordan Spieth's supporting both of the tournaments in his backyard. And yeah, that's a huge draw for them. And honestly, they fall in a tough part of the schedule. It's been so busy. I think the uh, the match play was a one-off this year, but being in San Francisco and all the guys playing that, having the players and Wells Fargo right behind it, it's it's a really busy stretch, and there's some great tournaments ahead. So, you know, they can't play them all. So it's, I think it's really big that Jordan supports that. You know, they've, they've kind of created a hero in Jimmy Walker. You know, he's been great winning five times in the last couple of years here, and and uh, yeah, if you get enough Texans, you can have a nice event. <laughs> we were just kind of talking about during about that during the break. In that, um, we've really kind of coming out of a little bit of a dry spell as far as Texas golfers, um, because you know you always had Hogan and Nelson and and Lee Trevino and Crenshaw and Kite and Justin Leonard, but but it seemed like there's been a little bit of a flat spot here, a dry spell. But with the emergence of Walker and Spieth and and Reed and there's probably another one or two that I'm not thinking of right away, but it seems like Texas golf is on the rebound. Yeah, it is. You know, Spieth, had, it had been since Crenshaw winning in 95 that a Texan was on top of the Masters, and they have you know, a great history at, at Augusta National. So, you know, you'd think you'd see all kinds of golfers from there. I mean, it's just a, they have great junior programs, and, and, you know, Texas this year is great on the college front. They're one of the the favorites as the NCAAs come down here to Bradenton here in the next week or so. And, 
And, uh, you know, they're usually loaded up, but you're right. There has been a little bit of a dry spell, but uh, Spieth's trying to take care of that single-handedly. And certainly looks like it. Uh, Adam Scott, the defending champion, Babs, uh, you know, he seems to be off his game. He's been trying to, uh, you know, get comfortable with his with his putting, giving up the anchoring, going back to it. Uh, what what do you think's going on with Adam right now? Yeah, you know, I talk, we talked to him last week in Charlotte, and it was, it was interesting. You know, both Adam and Phil were both talking about how close they were, which is what we hear all the time from these guys, whether they are or aren't close. And and then you saw Phil kind of break out and get in the hunt, but for a few bad holes, was right there in Charlotte. But Adam isn't there right now, and I think he's really frustrated by it. You know, he, he tried going to the short putter earlier this year. He came out of the gates putting great at Doral, and then he really fell back with it. So he's been wrestling with that. He's, he's wrestling with new shafts in his irons. You know, he's seeing kind of different windows in his trajectory, and he's just trying to get something going, and he's playing a lot. I mean, this is four in a row. He's defending champion. If you think about it, last year he was about to take the number one spot in the world, and this year he's not in the top ten. So he really needs to get something going with some big tournaments ahead this summer. Another guy that we had anointed as the uh, next, you know, coming of great players. So it is a little bit surprising to see, uh, you know, what he what he has been going through. Um, fill us in a little bit, Jeff, on all this conversation going on already about the U.S. Open and uh, this this track out uh, in the Seattle area. There seems to be a lot of conversation going on. You know, players. Uh, you know, voicing opinions about about the Chambers Bay venue. You took a scouting trip out there a couple of weeks ago, I did. right? I did take a scouting trip. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you stand above this property and you think you're at a British Open, not a U.S. Open, and and it's just different. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of action on the ground. It's where the ball hits and then reacts on the ground. It's going to be whether or not a player embraces it. Now, some guys are going to get frustrated with it. And they'll be out of the tournament by Wednesday before they ever hit an official shot. And then you have other guys who are going to go there and try to learn it and figure out, hey, they're giving out a U.S. Open trophy this week and a heck of a lot of money. And, and I better embrace this and, and try to fight through it. You know, I mean, I, I just already have seen some guys psyched out that haven't even seen the property. So it's comical in a way. It's, it's very different. And, and, you know, honestly, tour pros don't always do different so well, you know, so – it's all, to me, it's going to be a huge challenge mentally. What guys accept this? What guys can watch a really good shot, react poorly, and bounce off into some bunker, and, and they'll just see how they handle it. Advantage to guys who have had some sort of success at the British Opens? Possibly. I mean, it's not, but it's not totally about that. I mean, possibly. It's, it's linksy in the way it, it bounces, you know. And I mean, there's, there's European players who aren't that crazy about playing Lynx golf. So it's it's kind of a hybrid. It's a little bit Lynxy. It's a little bit American. Uh, it's just different shots. There's going to be wind. Uh, it's going to be all kinds of stuff there. The green complexes are, are some of them are downright crazy. So it's uh, it's going to be really interesting. You know, I mean, when they got calm conditions at points when they had the U.S. Amateur there, guys scored very well. So uh, it's just, it's the great unknown, I think, of the summer. I mean, we go to, St. Andrews, where we definitely know what's going to be going on, and we go to Chambers Bay, and it's the great wild card of the summer. 
Take us into the mind of uh, Mike Davis, the USGA's executive director, because, you know, in the past, U.S. Open venues were, you know, sort of predictable, narrowing of the fairways, lengthening the rough, uh, you know, especially the secondary rough. And now Mike Davis has come in with a lot of creativity. Uh, A lot of people looking at Pinehurst last year said, this doesn't look like a U.S. Open course. And then, of course, the brave move to go back to back with men's and women's U.S. Open and and now this at Chambers Bay. Yeah, I mean, this, it's, it's a bit of a stretch to put a U.S. Open here. But I think the, the bigger story of the property is kind of neat. If you go there, you know, there's people walking this huge track around the property as, as like a, a park. And the fact that you know, our National Open has never been to the Pacific Northwest. So it's kind of cool that it's going there. Uh, you know, as far as Mike, he's been very involved there from the start. So... You know, they put this huge bunker in at uh, an 18 on this par 5. It's going to play a par 4 some days, par 5 other days. And there's this bunker in the, in the layup landing area where you can't – it's like 12 feet deep. So there's some crazy stuff out there. There are ribbon tees, and uh, he's already talked about the tees won't be level in some places. And, and it is different, you know. It's um, and, and the USGA has tried some different things. You know, we've gone to public courses. We've gone to – the Marion, which is a retro open we didn't know we could do. So it's been kind of interesting. And uh, I, I think the bigger story here should carry the day. And, and I think, uh, you know, I hope some players really look into the bigger story more so than just four days of golf. Uh, also, some comments uh, this week from Adam Scott. Um, had uh, some not-so-great things to say about golf in the Olympics, which really surprised me. And have you guys had any updates on how the course is coming along? All of a sudden, it's not seeming that too far off when we're going to be heading uh, to Rio. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw Gil Hans when the day we were at Chambers Bay, you know, the architect of the Olympic course, and he said things were going really well there. I, I think there are plans to have a test event, you know, ahead of the Olympics. And Adam Scott's take was interesting. You know, it's... Um, his take was that it's not the end all of his sport the way it is for other sports. I mean, if, if you're a wrestler, Olympic gold is the ultimate. If you're a golfer, you think about winning U.S. Opens and, and Masters, and I don't know where the gold medal falls in. I mean, I think it's going to be kind of neat because it's, it's another thing where we're, it's going to be different. I mean, we haven't had it since the early 1900s, so uh, people are curious to see it. I, I wish they didn't choose the format they did, but it's uh, it's there's going to be some great players there, and I think there'll be a lot of excitement. You'll see, you know, a lot of a lot of passion rise up in these players when they're playing for their countries. All right, Jeff, who should we have our eyes on uh, to be in the winner's circle on Sunday? Who's your pick? Well, you know, Zach, Zach Johnson. It's an annuity for him to show up at Colonial <laughs> every year, so he can put his kids through college ten times over with that tournament. And he and he gets a little barbecue and Texas chili to boot. There you go. And watch that speech, kid. He's okay. All right. As always, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us, buddy. Drive safely. Thanks so much. You got it. Good talk to you guys. You listen to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni, I 
We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Little interesting incident last week at Quail Hollow, Jeff. Two fans at the Wells Fargo stole a golf cart and drove it five miles to a Charlotte bar. (laughs) 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 Uh, I, that is just, uh, as the one guy said, not that we're, um, you know, uh, promoting such shenanigans, but this wasn't your normal cart hijacking that usually takes place in the middle of the night and ends a few minutes later when people get bored driving around the course. <laughs> I've often wondered when you have tournament officials or rules officials and they drive up and they get out of the cart, and, and I, I've been tempted many times to get back to the media center. And the cart's right there. The keys are in it. Think you'll miss it? Yeah, probably just radio for another one, right? <laughs> well, um, we are turning the conversation now to the Champions Tour because uh, on Sunday, Jeff Maggart won the region's tradition for his first Champions Tour major title, beating Kevin Sutherland with a three-foot par putt on the first hole of a playoff. Uh, that was the first major of the season. And back-to-back this week, the the second major, major, (laughs) the Senior PGA Championship, uh, being played at an amazing golf resort complex up in Indiana, the French Lick Resort, which I've had the opportunity to stay and play there. Another amazing Pete Dye course, and we're going to go to... Uh, the man that makes it happen there at French Lick, he happens to also reside here in Orlando, Brendan Sweeney. Hello, Brendan. Hey, hey, gee, what's up? Hey, my man, I hear the weather's a little cold up there. What's going on? A little cold and rainy. Oh, it's great. sunny and 72 here in French Lick. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's all great. It's all grand. Welcome to Orlando North. We've got more people from here, Orlando here than you have down there, I'm sure. We whole, all the whole golf channel crews here. We got, you know, pros, you know, Lee, Lee Jansen's up here. Well where was where was my private plane waiting for me when I landed from LAX today to shoot me up <laughs> there, bud? Me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh, you know, Colin Montgomery, the defending champ, winning his first major last year coming out on the senior tour. Well this yeah, this defending champion, yes. This ki- this kind of weather should be good for him if it's a little cold and windy. The Europeans loving it. Yeah, today is you know it's uh it's probably about sixty five 70 up here and a little a little cloudy up here today and a little little rain coming in but it's gonna be nice for the championship we're excited the town's excited it's been 91 years since uh since uh major league golf has returned to french lake indiana so you're looking at the 1924 pga championship that was won by walter hagen on our donald ross golf course so the pga of america has returned and now we're here with the 76 senior pga championship presented by kitchenaid in french lake indiana we love every minute of it listen to you you drop more sponsors names than mark o'mara hey <laughs> you're paying my bills this week that's for damn sure and uh to those who are sports uh enthusiasts they know that this little Indiana town is best known as home to basketball legend Larry Bird. Larry Bird, the king of the, the king of the hardcore. Yeah, his high school is right across the street from the resort, and it's classic Hoosiers. There's 250 kids that go to this school, and the gym holds 2,500 people, and people are just on the rafters the whole time. 
French lick. Give me a French lick. Hoo-ha! <laughs> there we go. Hey, we love it. And the, uh, you know, we, we actually have three of Larry Bird's coaches cutting grass for us. Butch and uh, J- Jim Jones and uh, Gary Mulholland actually coached Larry Bird in high school. And, and they're here right now. And this is like the, the pinnacle of, of, of a lot of hard blood, sweat, and tears of rebuilding a community focused around golf. Really exciting, G. I wish you were here. I wish I was, too. Jeff, you got a question? What's that? Uh, Oh, I stumped, yes, I stumped, yes, I stumped yes. uh, Jeff here, throwing it to him real quick. But, so the Peak Die course is one of the toughest golf courses I have played, Brendan. It is, uh, you know. <laughs> I, di- played, I played in a program yesterday, and it was like lost balls compared to par. It was like, Wah! It is, it uh, you know, crazy elevation changes. Uh, you know, fairways are, uh, man, you know, you, you better know how to use your one iron. And um, it is just, it is going to challenge these guys big time. I like it. It's, it, it's neat. It's, it's going to be a challenging course. The course is in immaculate, immaculate condition. Uh, we closed it down uh, ten, about 10 days ago, and then we opened it up with practice rounds last Saturday. And it's, it's, it's such a pure, plush uh, golf course. So we do 7,000 rounds a year out here. I think Grand Cypress, does, they did 12,000 rounds in, 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 in March. So... <laughs> It's uh, it it really is. It's a it's a great golf course. Uh, Pete and Alice Dye have been in here all week. Uh, he's eighty nine. He's getting up in her age, but he's still. I tell you what. How's I've he doing? Seen, is he seen a guy hug more women in a shorter amount of time than Pete Dye? He's trying to get all his squeezes in before the good one comes and gets him. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Brendan Sweeney up at French Lick for the Senior PGA Championship. So, who does this course, or what type of player does this course favor this week? A lucky one. <laughs> I tell you what, if you keep, you know, this Pete golf course is very similar. There's a lot of sight lines similar to Whistling Straits. So you look at the guys, you know, Skip Kendall's up here. Uh, I was talking to him today. He's a nice Orlando guy. And he said, you know, it reminds me a lot of Whistling Straits. Uh, the sight lines, if you, if you play your sight lines correctly, and if you, if you don't uh, hit it in the wrong place, if you don't get into trouble, you know, you could you could you could do some some good damage around here. I mean, we we host the LPGA Legends Championship. We're going on our third year right now, and Sherry Stanhauser last year shot a 63. So the numbers are there, but we call it a Pete Dye dead cat bounce. So someone sets a record and they come back and they shoot like an 84 the next day. So you you really have to fit it and you have to feel it and you have to just trust their instincts as a golfer to get around the golf course. It, it's fabulous. It, it really is, and you're going to see some huge numbers. And you're going to see some low numbers. So the cream will separate from the rest of everybody else. It's going to be exciting. And with the support of Golf Channel and the PGA of America, it's going to be a fun week. Well, tell us a little bit about the resort, Brendan, because it's a great <laughs> spot. It's a great spot to, you know, take a getaway this summer from Orlando. Uh, you know, you've got three great golf courses. You've got the casino there. It's, it's and the historic hotel. It's really something to go see if you want to take a nice little golf boondoggle. Yeah, if we're looking at the Pete Dye golf course that was built in 2009. Our, our Donald Ross golf course was built in, two, you know, in 1917. And then our Tom Pendle golf, golf course was built in 1907. And prior to that, we had a, a course behind the West Baden Hotel that was built like in 1901. So golf has been around this place for over 100 years. So the French Lake Hotel is 648 rooms that was originally built in 1845. 
And then in 1901 or 1899, it burnt down, and they started to rebuild it. And at that same time, they built the West Baden Springs Hotel. There's two two separate towns. It's it's like it's like going from you know Winter Park to Orlando. So you're right next to each other. And the uh, at one time there were two massive massive construction pro- projects going on in this town. And in 1901, they finished the West Baden Springs Hotel, which was the world's largest freestanding dome from 1901 to 1969 when they built the Astrodome. So this is like, it, it was like where the hobnobbers, like the Biltmore, the Greenbrier, all those classic old places, the Vanderbilt Mansion, that were built at the turn of the century. And the town of French Lake was actually very industrial. We're in a Hoosier National Forest, and it was a logging town. And every Kimball piano that was manufactured up until about 1989 was built in French Lake, Indiana. So wow. In the in the late 80s, it started going down when the electronic boards came out. From everything was shipped over to China, and the you know a thousand people lost their jobs. So now we have a a, a community and, and uh, that was sort of it's like a steel town. It sort of closed down, and then it went back. You know the the hotel, the French Lake Hotel and West Baden Hotel, uh, you know went into disrepair. The the West Baden Springs Hotel is a history book in itself. Uh, but in 1996, the Cook Group came in from Bloomington, Indiana, and Bill Cook is a, is, was a historian, and he has a lot of money, and he said, hey, I want to fix this place up. So in, in, 19, uh, in you know, 1998, there were 281 people working at the hotel. Now we have 1,400 employees in a town of 2,500 people. We have people coming in from all across the world. Kokiadoki's here. We have Japanese television, and we're telling a story about French Lick. And i got to send you this clip of, of Koki Adoki saying, uh, French Lick, number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. It's been a really exciting week, and we've been working really hard on it. And it all started, you know, with the vision. And uh, we have a really cool com- commercial we cut. So if you guys watch the championship this week, uh, you're going to see a really, really high-end, great Pete Dye sketching this place on a napkin commercial. It's cool. We're really proud of it. We got a great, great crew up here. Yeah, it really is, and and a great part of the country. And um, you know, to have such historic golf as well as. Uh, oh, I got better. You want you you want to get any Cubs fans out there? Oh, you're channeling. You're not Cubs. You're channeling my dad from heaven. <laughs> okay, this is for this is for Mr. G. Cubs, 1908, win the World Series. Cubs haven't won the World Series since 1908. In 1908, they had their spring training in French Lick, oh. Indiana. Oh, <laughs> more of that so story. We are the key to the curse of the Cubs. Oh, don't take your baseball team there for a little R and R. As a guy who grew up in Mesa, down. Arizona, in you're not getting them back. There were there were eight major league baseball teams that had spring training down here. Unbelievable. Well, it is a fabulous, fabulous resort, and. Uh, you can go check it out, FrenchLick.com. And, uh, Brandon, have an awesome and awesome week. But when when's it going to be aired on uh, Golf Channel? Uh, Thursday, Friday, Golf Channel, NBC, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Awesome. Yeah, we got Steve Sands will be here. He's a good Florida Orlando boy. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get guys calling in. Whatever you want, G, you know you got it from me. All right. And I'm trying to get to – I've been on the road for a month and a half. I'm trying to get to the ING conference at Mission Inn. All right, and buddy. Coke's here, so we're talking about Mission Inn today, so it's all great. All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll be looking forward to watching the Senior PGA Championship from French Lick Resort. Thanks. You are my rock star, G. You're the best, oh. Brendan Sweeney. 
All right. Yeah. Have fun. You're listening to Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We're going to be talking college golf coming up next. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so to me. We're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. And we're turning our sights for the next two weeks on the NCAA Women's and Men's Championship that's going to be played at the Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida, Jeff. And we're going to waste no time. We're going to go to Julie Williams from Golf Week. We love Golf Week. They cover all golf so deep in the weeds. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, Holly. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, hey, the concession. This is going to be a tough track for these ladies. It sure is. There are a lot of places to get in trouble, but I think that's going to make it a really great course for match play. And this, of course, is the first year we're going to see match play in the women's game. But, um, you know, one of the other things to kind of think about is with all the sand everywhere, a lot of you know, high weeds and grass, it's not going to be easy for these coaches to get around and see their players and coach their players through the matches. So there's going to be some obstacles. I'm looking at the uh, lineup here, uh, starting from the top. We've got the Washington Huskies, USC Trojans, the Duke Blue Devils, UCLA, and uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. So uh, an interesting lineup we have in terms of the women's NCAAs. We do. There's there's a lot of Pac-12 um, kind of powerhouses at the top, but that's not really that uncommon in women's college golf. Um, you know, it's hard to, to look away from USC, which always seems to be in the mix at the end of a championship, and especially this year with match play. You know, those girls play the USGA match play championship every year. Um, and, and I've kind of got my eye on Washington this year. I think that would be – a really good story. This team lost two players to the LPGA. They turned pro at the end of the fall, and uh, they kept winning in the spring. The team did. So so I think I think Washington has a chance to, to pull this out with a gritty little lineup. Hey, Julie, what's been uh, the anticipation for converting over to the match play format as the men have had the last few years? Uh, a lot of excitement? Uh, anybody a little worried about it? Uh, there's definitely a lot of excitement, but I think you're right. There's a little bit of caution because it's it's a new format. And, you know, they, the college players don't play this format throughout the season as far as in their college tournaments. But these girls on in the lineup, they play match play throughout the summer and USGA championships. So they're familiar with the format, but but it will, it will have a new look to the NCAA championship. I mean, you used to have 72 holes of you know kind of a marathon and then after that the whole thing restarts so so it's really a marathon now (laughs) is this a little unusual with them playing back-to-back championships like this on the same golf course it is this will be the first time that the men and the women play play the same golf course back-to-back weeks for the national championship so so that's another thing will be a little interesting to see you know if the course set up how how much different it is for the women compared to the men when they get there the next week. I'm not quite sure what to expect 
on that front. Is this something that uh, the NCAA is looking at as a possible template? If And I don't know how many courses would be able to do it in back-to-back weeks, but uh, as long as you've got the college golf media in one spot, keep them there for an extra week. Exactly. It's going to be a lot of college golf and a lot of days, but you know, they, they've selected the next two sites, so this is the plan for the next couple of years to, to have the men and women at the same course. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of good because I think, it, I think it raises the excitement level. I think it's, it's nice to have the fans, you know, around, can go to one place. And I, I, think, it's going, I think it's a good formula. Well, not only that, but, uh, of course, this year it's right in the backyard of the Golf Channel. And, uh, they have certainly been giving it a tremendous amount of uh, of publicity, and you know you're going to get a lot of airtime. Yeah, I, th- I think that's they've done a good job, you know, kind of hyping the championship up. It's always fun to hear from the the professionals who remember their college golf days and think back on them fondly. And um, you know, I saw a quote from um, a USC player, Lizette Salas. A couple of days ago, and um, her quote was, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I, I don't envy these girls. This is a new format. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be a long week. So I think, you know, that that's kind of the way we're looking at it, to, to see, you know, how this is going to go. Did we lose you, Julie? <laughs> well, Julie? There she is. Oh, yep, here uh, I am. Okay. So how about uh, a sneak peek at uh, the men's championship? You know that's um, that's a little off my radar. We, that's coming in uh, in two weeks, but but you know I think um, the thing they're used to the match play, you know, and and every year you you, you kind of you know you had a couple of champions that um, that you expected to have, but the thing about the match play is you know it really resets after four days, and I think that's you know there's been a good indicator on on the on the men's game what what can happen in in terms of individual players who should we be keeping our eyes on and uh who who are going to be the players jumping to the lpga do you do you see well you know i think um this is going to be the last year that we see annie park from usc playing she's already declared that um she's just a junior but she's gonna she's gonna go to the symmetra tour um in the fall and i think that'll be a, a good transition transition for her she really stormed in when she was a, a freshman. Um, of course, Allison Lee is already there from UCLA. Erin Lee, I think um, she, she's a senior this year from UCLA. I can see her joining her teammate out there. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to, to know what which of the underclassmen will, will make a jump. It seems like every year we're kind of surprised at the end of the year who calls it quits in college golf. There's always one or two that you don't really expect to see leave. So, so that's something I always kind of watch for at the end of the year. All right. Well, Julie Williams from golf week, nobody covers golf, especially collegiate golf better than golf week. And we appreciate you spending some minutes with us. And uh, we're going to be watching the concession from Brandon, Florida, because that is one awesome golf track. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Julie. So Jeff, uh, the Colonial, who you got your eye on. <laughs> one, one thing that I've noticed uh, that the, the came out in my research is that since Sergio Garcia won in 2001 at, in his first attempt at Colonial, since then there has been no winner under the age of 31. So I'm wiping out all the young kids this week. 
Whoa, Except we for gotta, Jordan Spieth, of course. So. We got we, we to gotta go deep, a little deep <laughs> then, huh? Um, I like Spieth, but uh, maybe I, I like Jimmy Walker even a little bit better. Remember the last time he played in Texas, in, and he's a San Antonio guy, he won uh, in San Antonio in his hometown and winning the Texas Open. So uh, he's got a chance to get a third win this season uh, in his home state. Jordan Spieth, for all that he's done, has not won in the state of Texas yet. And uh, might be under a little pressure both this week and next. Next week's the big one because he's a Dallas guy. That's where he got his kind of teenage start on the tour. Remember when he finished 16th at the age of 16? Uh, So maybe a little bit more uh, conducive for him there. But Colonial, it's so tight. You've got to be a real strategist, plot your way around, that it seems to bring out the best in the guys who... Uh, have been to Colonial a few times and and can find the right landing areas and put it on the green close. Let's see. How about, uh, what do you think, Zach Johnson? Zach Johnson. Uh, the, the hard thing for Zach is uh, he's on this every other year thing. If he wins again, it'll be his third in the last five years. So, uh, you know, is that putting a little pressure on him? But certainly, uh, as Babineau said, uh, it's a little bit of an ATM for him. He's the all-time leading money winner at this tournament. Well, uh, this might be one of those weeks where um, you could take the Texans or the rest of the field. What do you think? <laughs> well, it might be. And, and I'll, I'll give you another uh, a Texan who has been playing pretty well of late, and that's Ryan Palmer. And he is a Colonial member, so he knows this course better than anybody. And uh, what do you think about Patrick Reed? He wouldn't he wouldn't mind uh, having a win here. Yeah, but I think with all the upheaval, with, with uh, having a close relative, passing away recently which actually brought him back from europe could be tough this week all right well um all right it's it's the moment pick pick your winner for sunday uh, uh, despite the 31 number i'm gonna go with the kid speed Ooh, i am gonna i'll take jimmy walker then we'll 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 take it we'll take it straight up with uh the boots and the barbecue and um uh i think it's gonna be a great uh, great tournament and uh, some of the featured groups, great television going on. And uh, another guy, Chris Kirk. How about keeping our eye on him? Uh, because... A good horse for the course, and so is John Senden, the Aussie, who's been playing well this year. All right. Well, we're out of here. 740, the game in the Golf Insiders. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.